1: Whatever
2: you wind up doing is exactly what you should be doing
1: and i have not behaved one single day of my <laughs> life not one day of my life have i behaved and i'm fine i need your help i can't tell you what it is you can never
2: ask me about it later and we're gonna hurt some people who's car gonna take
3: Happy Monday. Thank you for joining us on the Nikki Maduro show live on YouTube or anytime you want to watch it. Uh, Before we start the show, we have a big one. We will be talking about that lower than expected number of border crossings. President Biden was uh, giving some reaction to reporters and why that may be. Uh, My opinion, I think there's going to be a sweet spot on when we see these lower um, numbers because one thing will have to work or it's going to be all hell breaking loose down at the border. So we'll talk about that. We're going to lead off the show, though, in our least favorite state, of course, which is Florida. Um, And I only say that I have family in Florida that I love. So if you're watching family, I'm not talking about you. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, And of course, it's Ron DeSantis. And I wish I didn't have to follow so much of what Ron DeSantis does and legislation he supports and passes, but he is the anticipated competition to former president Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. So the things he supports or doesn't support matters to the rest of us. So we'll be getting into that. He does not like diversity. Uh, He does not like inclusion. Uh, You know, how far can this really go? You know, ideas are spreading um, across the country. And some state lawmakers, some Republican lawmakers are trying to change the rules on people within their states having a voice through ballot initiatives and constitutional amendments. So we'll get into that as well. Student loan forgiveness we'll touch on because if you do have a student loan, Unless we get support from the Supreme Court, uh, they are planning, the education secretary is planning to restart those payments. Um, immigration bills, again, we'll touch on the on the border again. Uh, when Kim McAllister joins us, we'll get some post-Mother's Day stories, uh, some great ones, but also some from Washington, D.C. Uh, Katie Porter uh, is calling out her congressional colleagues who have said, oh, you know, being a single parent in Congress, your situation is unique. And uh, she wasn't having it, and I I really do. I really, really like her. Also, have you heard of this thing called the glass cliff? Now, we've heard of the glass ceiling, but there's also a glass cliff, and Twitter's new CEO could walk right off it, so we'll touch on that. Martha Stewart, grace in the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, She looks good for her age. 81 years old. So we'll we'll have that picture. And then you guys tell me, I mean, is this, you know, is this a great thing, obviously, for women her age or women in general? Uh, Are we again talking about a very rich woman? I don't know if she's had surgery or anything, but you know, a little bit of privilege involved with being 81 years old and famous and a chef or whatever. I don't know. I love it. I think she looks fabulous. Uh, generation X is pretty worried that social security won't survive. That's my generation. I am not depending on social security. I wish they would stop taking it out of my paycheck though. If I'm not going to get any of it, uh, there's a new thing that is now asking For a tip, and this one is just kind of blowing my mind. I know Kim is following in her news. The Oakland teachers strike seven day strike has come to an end. But here in my hometown of San Jose, there's one school that is taking a different approach to the shortage of teachers. And if anybody in the live chat and let me let me share the link again. Because if you guys want to join in on the show, I would really love it if you did. Uh, I, I find it, it's been working with Kim filling in for me, and then last Friday when I was here, we had people on. So there's a the link I just put it in the comments. And yeah, if you guys want to join in and, and talk about any of it, please use that link at any time during the show. It's kind of like using the phone. um and you don't have to show, you don't have to turn the video on. so if you don't want to, although, we love seeing your face, putting a, a face to the voice or whatever. Uh, and then finally, if we have time, and I debated whether or not to get in into this, but apparently, and it's only because it's going to be on KTVU in our neck of the woods in the Bay Area that I saw it because I would not have even known about it. TMZ is putting out a special report tonight that's airing on channel two, looking into Britney Spears' mental state and the conservatorship. And, you know, the whole, just leave Britney alone. I'm watching this as I'm getting ready this morning. I'm like, this is the problem. Yes, she is. She has admitted she has a mental illness. Nobody is saying that's not true. She's also a woman that... If she wants to take Instagram video after Instagram video of herself in a bikini, she's not the first nor the last celebrity and non-celebrity to do it. Uh, she's also not the, the first person to have marital woes splashed across the gossip bags. Um, does she need need a conservator? Perhaps. Or, again, I talk about our role in this cycle. Could the public attention on her make it so she's just failing at being on her own because we won't let her be on her own. So uh, if we have time, we'll get into that. I mean, I kind of gave you my opinion right there, but I just, I feel for the woman. She's a grown ass woman. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Um, Okay. Before we get into everything, please, you guys, can you just click the thumbs up button? Uh, It's right underneath your screen on YouTube. I don't know what it looks like on Facebook, but if you want to go from Facebook to YouTube and click the thumbs up, do it live, do it. If you watch the replay, Uh, we absolutely love it. The super chat of course is live. Uh, This is a huge way for you guys to support the show during the show or during the replay where you can throw us some bucks for a super sticker, super chat, super thanks, because we are 100% crowdfunded. There's no ads. (laughs) There's there's nothing like that that you hear on traditional radio because it pays the bills. Uh, So the way we get, we can pay our bills is through you guys, and we really do appreciate it. And then the number one way that we promote is to grow our community on Patreon. So right there, the nikimadoro show is where you go and has all the links, including to our Patreon. You can you can become a subscriber for any amount you can afford. I didn't want to set levels because I don't want to you know separate us in that way because I appreciate literally every dollar that you throw my way and Kim's way, and so we really do appreciate that. Um, before we get into that, uh, it was really funny. I, I I'm going to Hawaii. I, I've shared with you guys that I'm going to Hawaii. And I was talking to my brother yesterday because we're going together, both of our families. And, you know, when you're going on vacation, what do you say? I'm going to get in shape, right? So it's what? It's May. I'm going in two months in July. I was like, I should get my ass in shape, right? So Because I'm talking to him yesterday. And I said, I told myself I was going to get in shape, but I just think I'm going to be a shape and I am not trying to, you know, fat shame or say that, you know, I'm totally unhealthy. I just sit a lot and I really would like to be more active. And so I worked out this morning and I, I finished my like 15 minute workout and I even like uh, save time to stretch, right? To do it properly. And I was like, okay, so that should just be good. I should just look Amazing. <laughs> after this. And as an almost 45 year old woman, I don't think I look half bad. But the reason why I bring this up is I was like, do you think that my Patreon subscribers would want to listen to my commentary as I am trying to work out? As my dog, Nugget, is in my face the whole entire time. It was the realest workout ever. There's no fancy backgrounds or yoga mats. My weights are crumbling because my son works out, and so he's pulled all of the cushion stuff around it. It was hilarious, and I'm following this workout on YouTube. And, the, and you know, it's totally perfect visual. And I thought it would be really funny if, so we'll see, we'll see if I'm brave enough to record some of them, but if I ever do that, and it was just a thought I had as I was sweating to the oldies, um, I'd put it on Patreon. So you'd have to be a subscriber to see it because there's no way in hell that I would ever put that. S on, on, uh, on YouTube. So, uh, but if any of you want to join my workout crew, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that on our Patreon. So then again, the show.com sign up in any way. And of course there's the PayPal email, the Nikki show at gmail.com. Okay. Let's get into it. All right. So first off, Ron DeSantis Trump can call him Ron DeSantis. He could do whatever he wants. Trump has a huge base. I am not trying to underestimate that. Okay. But I also do think that DeSantis, especially if you follow his base and what they say, really love him. So the latest thing that he signed today is he signed legislation banning state funding for diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. You know it as DEI. Okay. This is at state public universities. Um He was at New College of Florida giving this speech, and I have a couple of clips that I'll show you. A new college board that was revamped by DeSantis abolished the school's DEI office. Uh, The college's interim president recently fired the diversity dean. Um, And so here's what uh, Ron DeSantis had to say when he was making the announcement of of kind of eliminating uh, this from state public universities.
4: The first bill that I'll be signing is SB 266. Um, And what this does is reorient our universities uh, back to their traditional mission. And part of that traditional mission is to treat people as individuals, not to try to divvy them up based on any type of superficial characteristics. Um, We're going to elevate merit and achievement uh, above identification with certain groups. And in order to do that, uh, we had to uh, look at this new concept, relatively new concept, called diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, I didn't know much. I mean, this is something relatively recent. I mean, Chris Ruvo can talk about when this really started to percolate. I think it it had probably been there a few years ago, but then kind of the post-BLM rioting and the...
3: Well, let me just stop him right there. The reason it's getting more attention is because you've chosen to make it a big deal. They choose these things, but go ahead, Ron De sanctimonious as Trump likes to call George
4: Floyd, summer twenty twenty. Mm. I think you saw it really take off. And on its face, I mean, I see when I see diversity, I think like you know, di- different viewpoints have a robust academic discussion in the university. Isn't that what they're for? In reality, what this concept of DEI has been is to attempt to p- impose orthodoxy uh, on the university and not.
3: And let me ask you this uh, before I, I finish this this rant that he's on. What do you think about DeI? programs, um, you know, initiatives, goals that are set not just at universities, but they're also at corporations. Honestly, tell me in the chat and I'll I'll get to some of your comments. Do you think that universities, let's take corporations out of it, universities should be putting funding, much needed dollars towards these sorts of things, or do these things just work themselves out? Let me know in the chat and, and here's some more from DeSantis.
4: Not even necessarily in the classroom, but through the administrative apparatus of the university itself, and that manifests itself in a number of different ways, uh, but this has basically been used as a veneer to impose an ideological agenda, uh, and that is wrong. And in fact, if you look at the way this has actually been implemented across the country, hmm. uh, DEI is is better at, um, listen to this. viewed as standing for discrimination, exclusion, and indoctrination.
3: I mean, I don't know how long they took to work on that, right? I mean, you know, he was just itching, itching to get to that that point in his speech. Um, indoctrination, I mean, it's a bit rich, in my opinion. It's a bit rich for someone like Ron DeSantis, who says, you can't talk about gender. You can't talk about sexuality. You can't talk about these things, these diverse issues, things in the university setting. Why? I mean, they want to indoctrinate you into their way of thinking. Um, Okay. It's not a rant, Randy. Okay. It's not a rant. It's not a rant. I don't agree with him though. I mean, he's, I just don't agree that there's a problem with having or aspiring to be more diverse. And he just said that this Randy he's like diversity of thought. How do you have diversity of thought unless you make it a goal to bring in the voices of other people. How do you do that? How do you have diversity of thought if you are only allowed to get the viewpoint of certain people and you silence others? Explain that to me. How do you do that? Uh, one more clip before we, we welcome Kim McAllister in, and this again, Ron DeSantis making this announcement about you know banning diversity funding and what have you, because this of course, also gets his base riled up
4: if you want to do things like uh gender ideology uh go to berkeley go to some of these other places that's fine it's fine and there's nothing if that's what you want to do there's there's nothing wrong with that uh, per se but for us with our tax dollars we want to focus on the classical mission of what a university is supposed to be. Uh, we don't want to be diverted into a lot of these niche subjects that are heavily politicized. Uh, we wanna focus on the base. And I think what you've seen as these types of majors and course, first of all, how, how employable are you with some of these majors? I mean, really, it's, um, it's not a good uh, academic uh, a choice in terms of being able to be employable. That's one of the reasons I think this whole student loan thing universities should be on the hook for the student loans. If that were the case, they would make sure that their curriculum was really fit to be productive for the students when they graduate.
3: I mean, I will say this, uh, although the student loan forgiveness, I think he's ignoring the fact of how predatory some of these, um, these borrowers or those that were giving the loans, those loan, uh, the people behind the loans are, especially within certain groups, You know, they can't speak the language. They don't read it. They're going through, you know, they're, they're being told one thing and another thing is different. He's ignoring that part of the problem. I do believe that colleges should be more streamlined. It shouldn't take students six years, seven years, because they can't, some of the, some of the, um, courses that they took, let's say in community college don't transfer. There was a great article a couple of weeks ago about that. Um, let's welcome Kim McAllister. Um, And what do you think? Do you think that that universities should be using funding and focusing on diversity? I mean, do you think that is a good use of funds?
5: I feel like you should not limit uh, what a university teaches or focuses on. And when you start telling universities what they can and can't teach, then you limit the knowledge that we have. Mm -hmm. You can't only teach what you want. You know, you can't only teach to your political ideology. Right. Exactly. You you have to give people the chance to learn everything and then make their decisions. You have to put your faith in the fact that people that are going to universities want to drink in everything and they'll come out the other side either thinking like you or thinking some other way. I'm sorry if you feel like people that are educated tend to be a little bit more liberal. That's just the Um, way it is. Because they've been exposed to Because they want to be. Exactly. And what happens when you're exposed to different ideas? Oh, you realize the same crap that has been shoved down your throat for the first you know 20 years of your life might not really apply. You think to yourself, "Gee, my parents are Republicans, so I'm a Republican." And then you go to college and you think, "Well, maybe I'm not a Republican." Mm-hmm. All I see I never heard all these ideas before. I never and it doesn't mean those ideas are right, but being exposed to them, there's nothing wrong with that. It's mm-hmm. good to hear all sides of the story and then make up your own mind.
3: Ali well, says to me, DEI is common sense, but I was very surprised when going through company trainings, how many people really have no clue how to act. Yeah. Um, and again, I feel like, you know, and, and I'm seeing, you know, the whole tire uh, being tired of identity politics. I always wonder when people talk about quote unquote identity politics, where the emotions surrounding that come from. Um you know, if I go to a job and they make me take diversity training. You know what I'm annoyed with? How long the damn training takes. That's right. Not that I have to do it at all, right? Yeah. It's it doesn't bother me. And you know what at this point with as many trainings as we have to take in radio, and it's so I could the thing that also pisses me off is I can't fast forward. I'm like, I got it. I know it. I know the answer to this one. Um, I I get it, but the situations yeah. that come up, I feel It is politicians. It is media. Uh, And I'm using that in large quotes, kind of this this cycle of we are so having to get into our corners regarding, quote unquote, identity politics because we're forced to. Or we could just teach people history. We could teach people about, you know, uh, how other people have come up through history. yes racism, you know, people being held down, uh inequity, all of these things can be yeah. taught and it doesn't have to be a threat to who you are if you happen to be someone who may have looked or been raised a certain way. And people just get so uh threatened. And that's yeah. what I think it really is is that they feel threatened. Uh, Daniel says I am white a man age 60 and very privileged. I might have even lost the possibility of an academic work opportunity due to dei, but I absolutely think money should go towards it mm-hmm. yeah. um interesting point um I'm just, and I'm not I, I love your comment Daniel so I just want kind of want to elaborate on it. You wrote I might have even lost the possibility of an academic work opportunity uh, due to Dei it's the due to DEI um, that I feel like people latch onto. And I love that you included it because I think it's an honest emotion and viewpoint. But it also comes with this, in my opinion, and and you can correct me further in the comments, and I don't mean to attack you, that it was yours, if not for diversity. That that job in some way in your mind was yours, but you lost it because they had to look at all of these other people. Versus some, just being a candidate for a position and didn't get it for a number of uh, uh, of different reasons. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's the habit of people pointing to diversity, whether it's gender, race, whatever, and being like, they got it because of that.
5: Well, or he, he might say like, yeah, he didn't get it because he's a white guy and i think that in a lot of cases people feel that way you know right that's what i'm saying yeah. exactly yeah. right
3: as if yeah. as if it was yours to begin with if not as if you're the default right well i'm a white guy I I, no, I would have gotten this it, job, but they decided to give it. They decided to give it to a black person. I'm just making. I don't this think it's right.
5: default. I don't think it's default. I from what I hear from people, especially a lot of um, men who may have um, or men, I I shouldn't genderize it. People mm-hmm. who apply for police officer positions in years past okay. would say, "I got a higher score, but uh, I didn't, you know, meet diversity criteria, so I didn't mm, get chosen." Other point. people that got a lower score did. And so it may not be that he thinks it's the default. Like I should have gotten it. I would have gotten it because I was white unless it might be, you know, I might have gotten it or I I may have been the, you know, the stronger candidate, but not the stronger candidate because, you know, then I, it wasn't, I wasn't a diversity person coming in and that means something. So I like that he notes that it's, it's important. That's important to have that diversity because that is also a strength. Right. Yeah.
3: And I do, um, I love that example that you just gave because you can measure something, i.e. a test that has a physical uh-huh. score that you can point to, and then it's like, but because I was born in this body, right. I mean, you don't get to choose your race, you know, your gender, anything that's, you know, that comes out. So it's it's this idea of I'm being dinged or I'm mm-hmm. getting points simply because of of how I, how I am and how I was born. And I mean- that- That's an interesting, you know, debate that you can have over that. Is that fair to do
5: it? If I apply to a radio job and I have, you know, more than 20 years experience and someone else has 10 years experience and we know experience in radio is really important. Right. And maybe I've done more jobs, but I'm not a person of color. I feel like there are so few people of color, especially women of color, that having that person's voice is you know might be even more important than the experience that i bring. exactly yeah that's a good point. so like you have a station full of all white people well in a newsroom then what are you covering you know Mm -hmm. what does that other person bring to the table they bring a lot to the table they bring a whole different newscast to the table different you know stories of different things appeal to them all different things so it doesn't come down to just experience i don't know i think you can make an argument either way
3: yeah I mean, I think that there, I think that it is a benefit to have diversity, just like you yeah. said. um mm-hmm. it 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 adds a different perspective that if I was a university, if I was a business, I would want. Mm-hmm. It, it's um it's kind of like why they you know they take polls and they do audience testing and all that. why do you why do you think corporations do this? Because they want to reach all groups, right? They want to be appealing to all groups. Well, if you don't have all groups at the table, then, then you're 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 hurting your own bottom line, in my opinion. So yeah, I mean it's it's a tough one. But DeSantis, I think, is just again playing to his base. Um, I I do worry how far this can go. Um, you know there are many people, including MSNBC host Simone Sanders. I'm gonna play you a little bit. It, it it's not a rant, but she does kind of go on a bit of a spiel here. Um, about how the conservative Supreme Court could impact what people are taught in school and, and, and so many different things. So let me play you just a little bit of it because uh, it's about seven minutes long and I'm not playing seven minutes of it on the show. Mm-hmm. But here's she
6: mm-hmm. Last summer, the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade with the Dobbs decision. And that was just the opening act for the assault on our fundamental rights and freedoms. There are almost a dozen cases the Supreme Court will decide starting this month. The court will weigh in on two cases brought by the organization students for fair admissions and these cases may seem like the Supreme Court justices will only decide if race should be a factor in college admissions. But this court has a habit of overreaching so these two cases could actually append affirmative action across the board. If the Supreme Court decides that race conscious decision making and policies are unconstitutional. And everything from special government contracts and programs for minority-owned businesses to targeted corporate recruitment at hbcus would all be in jeopardy medical institutions they would need to figure out how to recruit a diverse workforce without incurring liability lawmakers they could argue that specialized disciplines like african-american or latin american history are race conscious and therefore illegal how about another case the moore versus harper case out of north carolina the Supreme Court will decide whether the North Carolina legislature has unrestricted powers to set the f- rules for federal elections, including drawing congressional maps. And, and that just surface. If the court rules in favor of North Carolina's Republican led legislature, it would mean all state legislatures in America are the final answer on federal election laws.
3: So, I mean, you can see how far down this road of concern people have. Now, there is we don't know what courts are going to do. But I do believe that we have to keep a close eye on this, and we have to keep a close eye on what DeSantis is doing in Florida and what other, you know, state um, state legislatures are doing. One final thing, and and again, you're like, well, we the people have a voice. We the people, GOP state lawmakers in many states, including let's say Ohio, Missouri, where else, North Dakota, they are passing laws. To restrict people's ability to bypass lawmakers through ballot initiatives and constitutional amendments. So, for instance, in Ohio, they're asking voters during an August special election to boost the threshold for passing constitutional amendments to 60% rather than a simple majority. Now, not only obviously would this add, you know, just a number of uh, ad difficulty, they're putting this on the ballot in an off year. Now, why do you think they would pass something as consequential as this in an off year? Because they know turnout can be low. And so those that are really passionate about the issue can likely get it passed. It's all politics. And it sucks. It sucks. Because this can spread. Now, again, I always say I'm really glad that I live in California. But with this with this Supreme Court, you never know. Even the things that we think are rights and are protected in the state can be undermined by the U.S. Supreme Court, and it scares me. Uh, let's look at some of the comments. Uh, David O'Dell was uh, reiterating an earlier point. When I took diversity training, I was shocked at how many things I thought were self-evident were not self-evident to those who attended. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. It's, um, it's hard. And then, you know, John, obviously this is a scary situation. He's, there was a guy in Mississippi— he went through diversity training. He was so pissed. He came back to his job with a gun and killed five people. He was a white guy. Now, the reason why I read this comment is it's that, that fear. And again, I'm going to bring it back, you know, like Charlottesville, right? Uh, we're being replaced by the Jewish people. We're, uh, we, the default we, which is white men, just going to say it, white men, certain white men, not all white men. I'm not attacking all white men believe they have something they need to protect, which is, for lack of a better word, their power, right? Their power, their standing. And when they feel threatened that that's going to be taken away from them, some of them get violent. Smarter people adapt, right? You live in a world where, yes, the default may have been white men, And now it's not anymore. And it's quickly changing a little too quickly for some people. But that doesn't mean that it's wrong or that you legislate against it to slow it down. It's happening because our our society is changing
2: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: And I don't see a problem with becoming more inclusive. I really don't. I mean, I understand that it, it requires a change of attitude. It leads to more competition. You know, things that maybe were handed to previous generations a lot easier aren't with this generation. Uh, but tough cookies. It's a, it's a different, it's a different changing world. Um, and that, and that's just what has to happen. All right. Um, can I just
5: add one more thing when you go to a diverse workplace and you walk in and it's just this, you know, rainbow of people, Mm
6: -hmm. people
5: that you would never normally know, right? Maybe they don't, you don't socialize with people or, you know, you, whatever, for whatever reason, your circles are not very diverse, but then you get in a workplace and I'll say what I'll kind of bring the point home that my husband likes to make about serving in the Marines, how you walk into the Marines and all of a sudden you go through training with all these people from all different backgrounds. And the race drops away and they, you're, they just become your brothers. Yes. Well, I think when you walk into a diverse workplace, you really get to know people that you didn't know before, mm-hmm. you know, and you find out they're really, they're not m- that much different than you and they become your friends and they become, you know, more than just coworkers in some cases. And I think that is probably one of the most valuable things of all.
6: Yeah.
3: And I, and I think that you're right. But the problem is, of course, Kim, we live in a, in the, fabulous Bay Area, where there's a lot of diversity, where we prioritize diversity, where, you know, walking in and seeing someone... With a hijab on, or, or, you know, fill in the blank. It's not foreign to us, right? It's not an eyelash, right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, okay, whatever, Uh, which is how the world should be. Like, just Mm -hmm. accept people for who they are, right? But if you go to other states, which again, we have to get out of our bubble. We have to realize that while I like my bubble, it makes me warm and fuzzy because I have these beliefs. Other people feel the exact same way and like the homogenous kind of everyone looks like me. It's not, you know, that's the problem is they, find comfort in their bubble and they don't want to pop it. Um, but you know, or come with a big needle and you can't control it. You just can't, (laughs) um, housing prices, politics are getting people of different ethnicities, religions, gender, whatever, fill in the blank. And they are moving across this country and it is going to fundamentally change some areas. And there is going to be backlash, unfortunately, from those who really want to hold on that oh so comfy bubble and it's just um it's gonna change so uh but yeah I I like the fact when I walk into buildings and I see people of all different stars and stripes Mm -hmm. uh and it doesn't weird me out freak me out it doesn't it doesn't do anything I really don't think about it and I think that's what we should aspire towards. Like that's what we want. And I think that if people could learn that and experience it, they would understand why it's so great. It really does. Um, okay. We're going to do some news when we come back. Um, student loan forgiveness that is going to, it's going to resume later this year, unless the Supreme court, you know, supports the forgiveness because that's being decided by the U S Supreme court. Um, calmer than expected border crossing numbers is surprising, but I don't think this is going to last long if this one thing doesn't work. And I'll tell you what that one thing is. I want to get a recap of Kim's Mother's Day. I have mm. show you guys the cards that my kids got me. And there's some great kind of women, mother, parenting stories out there, including one with Katie Porter. So that's coming up as well. Uh, before we go to Kim's news, please click that thumbs up button. It helps us expand the show and get more eyeballs on YouTube Uh, a lot coming up on the Nicki Maduro show
2: now from around the world to up your street the Nicki Maduro show presents new czar
5: Kim
1: McAllister
5: Uh, let's start with this key witness in the House Oversight Committee's investigation into the Biden family's business practices this person has apparently now gone missing hmm Let's just get a picture here of uh, Republican James Comer. He chairs this panel, and he said his team has been unable to reach the FBI informant who alleged corruption by President Biden and his family. Comer last week accused the Biden family and their associates of receiving as much as $10 million from foreign entities. Of course, President Biden is denying the allegations, and no proof has been found that shows that that would be the case. Uh, very interesting. And now the whistleblower is missing. Huh? Uh, this, uh, man, Mr. Comer has been, uh, the butt of jokes because of, of this, of all this whole thing. Uh, taxpayers could soon be able to file their taxes online for free with the IRS. The Washington Post reports the agency has been developing its own prototype system that could disrupt the tax prep market. The system will reportedly be available to a small group of taxpayers through a pilot program by January. Something bad happened in the office of Virginia Congressman Jerry Connolly. He says someone with a baseball bat attacked two members of his staff this morning. The Democrat said on Twitter the attack happened at his district office. One suspect is in custody. The two staff members were taken to the area hospitals with non-life-threatening injuries after apparently a constituent came into the office and beat them with a metal baseball bat. The search is on for a hit-and-run driver who killed a good Samaritan on Mother's Day. The woman had stopped to help another driver involved in a crash on Interstate 880 at an off-ramp in Fremont. Police say she was standing between two cars when a man in a Ford truck plowed into the back of her car, pushing it right into her. The driver from the first crash was later arrested for driving under the influence. Makes you wonder if you should stop and help people, right? I don't know. There's a group of moms in Petaluma, calling for gun control laws. More than 40 moms attended a Moms Demand Action rally in Petaluma on a Saturday, urging lawmakers to take action. The protest comes as nearly 650 children and teenagers have been killed by gun violence across the country so far this year. That, according to the Gun Violence Archive, the Petaluma rally was one of 200 that was held across the country On uh, the day before Mother's Day, with more than 9,000 participants, Press Democrat, Democrat, which is the local paper in Sonoma Sonoma County, reports the rally drew opponents to gun control as well, with attendees calling the police on one man who threw a load of coins at the protesters. But uh, what a novel concept. Moms, the day before Mother's Day, out uh, protesting to keep children safe in schools and everywhere else. Last year's biggest movie will be hitting multiple streaming platforms next month. Avatar The Way of Water will debut on both Disney Plus and HBO Max on June 7th. Have you seen it yet, Nikki? I have not.
3: I have not seen it. and no? I No? Now you can stream it for free. I don't really feel like... It's another long movie, and I know I could just watch it in my house. I think I have to rewatch Avatar, the first one, and I don't know.
5: I don't know if you have to do that. I need to be in the mood
3: for it. It's one of those, I don't know.
5: I haven't been in the mood to watch anything like that. No, this movie uh, took in more than $2.3 billion at the global box office, enough to make it the third highest grossing film ever, so a lot of people went to see it. A lot of hype, I think. Too,
3: I don't know. I mean, let me know in the comments. Is it worth seeing? Is it really that great? I don't know. I
5: Avatar, have Way of I water. I have not had
3: any. Does you know what? What I also haven't seen. What I haven't seen the second, um, the Black Panther movie. I haven't seen that one either.
5: Oh, I did see that. I do, that have Wak- not even Wakanda seen that. Wakanda Forever.
3: Yeah, Wakanda Forever. I haven't yeah. seen that mm-hmm. yet.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a not. good one. The Nikki Maduro show is crowdfunded. That means we rely on you. Please help keep us going by uh, kicking into Patreon and PayPal. You can find those links on the Nikki Maduro show.com, the Nikki Maduro show.com. And thank you for that. And uh, for being here as well. I'm Kim McAllister on the Nikki Maduro show.
3: All right. So we'll get into the lower than expected, calmer than expected border crossings, but how was your mother's day? My friend, did you get spoiled? Did you get everything oh, you wanted? Did you get a sleep
5: in? Say, Did you get food? What'd you boiled. get? I had to get up early because we were celebrating my mom as well. So we went out to the coast to Bodega Bay mm-hmm. and uh, it was really nice. We had a little uh, picnic at the coast on the beach. Nice. It was really good. And um, I got some flowers and I got a card. Uh, nice. oh, I have to bring my, I don't think I. So yeah,
3: I got two I handmade cards for my kids.
5: Got... Oh, that was nice. So I here's... got oh, one God. card. From Jacob, it was a poem. And I'll read it to you. It says, okay, please do. I'm sorry, it takes me a second to bring up the uh happy happy Mother's Day, Kim. I love you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, have we graduated to that? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. If you give a mom a cookie, she'll want some iced tea. If you give a mom an iced tea, she'll want a present. But if you were to give me a present, I wouldn't need it because I have my mom and she is my okay. everything. Yeah. What and did then, Julia but, get you? I got this card. Uh huh. And the message inside, you guys might find very teenagey and funny. Okay. Dear mom, mm. happy Mother's Day. Thanks for giving birth to me. Oh, there you go. I love you, even though sometimes I don't act like it. I don't mean to be rude to you. I love you. Have a happy Mother's Day, your favorite daughter.
3: (laughs) Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, my daughter made me a card, and she always says, She's like, I made you a mom. And she did. I mean, my firstborn. So, happy Mother's Day. And then I open it up and she did a drawing. She's like, It's my foot. That's fabulous. That's pretty funny. I got that. And then my son, just like Jacob, I swear the boys, the boys just know how to do it. So, yeah, they do. Dylan drew me a, a little cartoon. Okay. On the cover, it says, on today's Mother's Day, we have some prizes, and there's gate one, gate two, and gate three. And the first person says, I pick one, I pick the next, I pick two, and the next person says, I pick three. Then you open it up. Okay? There's the drawing. And the first person picks uh, the door, and it gets $1 million, and he starts crying. Oh! Person two gets $100 million. Pot- wow. A of cash. He starts sobbing. And then the grand prize, person three chose, is... The wonderful, amazing, magnificent, beautiful, gracious mother reading this card. Oh. Thank you for everything you do. I love you, Dylan. And then you shut it. And on the back, the favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God! Stop it! But yeah, I just, I love it. I swear, it's just, it, it's really great. And the reason, obviously, Mother's Day was great. Yeah. Did you see? Did you hear the story about the woman that was in labor? walking across the graduation. Yes, I did.
5: I love that they let her go first. They knew it was important. How you better yeah. let
3: me go first unless yeah. you want to mess on your hands. That's right. I love that story. I, I And you know, it's it's good. But then I wanted to play this video, speaking of mothers and parenting, because we know they're so, like my best friend, she's, not, she's divorced. So, you yeah. know, she splits her time with her kids and their schedules and all sorts of things. This is Katie Porter talking about being in Congress as a single parent. Look, we're not going to get government that's more responsive to the needs of parents if we don't elect some parents. When I got to Congress and I I said, we don't have a schedule. Where is the schedule? What is the plan? When, When do we go home? I have to make childcare arrangements. They said, oh, Katie, you know, your situation is just so unique i was like unique there's 10 million single parents they never created it because the because it was designed for a person to
6: have a career and that person had another person at home their wife who ran their house
3: So, you know, we were talking before about diversity and it's surprising that Katie Porter was told that your situation is unique. It is yeah. not unique. No. It's not unique to want a schedule even if there's a two-parent household. It's yeah. I we work. There's a, I mean, I literally had to share my schedule or at least part of it with my new San Francisco job and even putting it in writing was insane to just look at. And that's just availability, not to mention extracurriculars and games and fill in Mm -hmm. the blank of things that you're responsible for. So Mother's Day, uh, it's, it's, it was a great day. I was spoiled. I got a lot of cuddles in bed, which is what I want. I got to, you know, watch anything I wanted on TV. Um, it was, it was, those are the checkpoints. I want love and I want the remote
5: control. Oh, let's see. You have a higher bar than I do. I just wanted you to be nice to me. Like, just be nice to me.
3: That's really sad, Kim. (laughs) Julia, could you just be nice to me? Oh, no. Marley tried to pull some attitude because we have teenagers that are like the same age. She tried to pull some crap with me on Mother's Day. I was like, no, mm -mm. no, 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 no. We're not doing any of that. Uh Uh-uh. Get out. I was like, you can you can take your teenage attitude and save it for tomorrow because I'm not dealing with it today. But no, my kids here's, really did. They were great. They really, really were
5: great. nice. Julia tried to walk away while I was talking to her. I think I was yeah. When they like, I'm like, don't don't give your back to me and like turn and walk away while I'm saying something to you. Yes. And I think I yelled something like "Happy Mother's Day" to you too, and she turned around and came back. So exactly, I do do use it to my advantage. Yeah, you
3: have to. Yeah. Um, some parents though in Chattanooga, Tennessee, did you see that they confronted the school board out there and its superintendent for quote. Caving to moms against, in quotes, liberty-led bullying and canceling a librarian's Mother's Day lesson inclusive to kids without moms. Uh, Moms for Liberty is apparently a right-wing organization. It campaigns, according to this article, against some social issues and what some people call civil rights. And yeah, apparently they did not like, they posted a letter on their website saying, with Mother's Day approaching, I'd like to highlight this special role, but I'm sensitive to the fact that not all students live with a mother. As such, I am planning a lesson that celebrates those who fill the motherly roles in our lives. And I guess they they had an issue with that. They they say that we're trying to erase the traditional mother. No, we're, like Katie Porter said, we understand there's all different types of households. There's single-family households. There's children raised by grandparents. There's children raised by aunts and uncles. There's children raised by their fellow siblings. Like, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I think that's moms about for liberty surprising. being
5: mean. That's yeah, mean. yeah. To not have a moment to talk to children that maybe don't, you know, are not as fortunate to have that traditional family, one could say not as fortunate, but maybe they ended up in a much better place anyway. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, but you know, I I think that's really mean. Like if you don't have a mom, you don't get to talk to people. You don't get to, you know, let your feelings out. You don't get to learn that it's okay to have a different kind of family. Yeah, Rude.
3: I know. Uh okay, well speaking of women, have you heard of something Kim called the glass cliff? Have you heard of the glass cliff?
5: No. Is it okay. like the opposite of the glass ceiling?
3: Kind of, and it and this has to do with Elon Musk, um, announcing the woman that woman I'm gonna butcher her name, Linda Yacarino. I, mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Okay, so Linda Yacarino has been named by Elon Musk on Friday as the new CEO of Twitter. Now, uh, two months after Elon Musk purchased Twitter, this is what he said he said. Whoever takes over as the company's CEO, quote, must like pain a lot. He then promised he'd step down as soon as he found a replacement, foolish enough to want the job. And so when he announced the appointment of Alcarino, a lot of people are saying, oh, great, it's this glass glass cliff. And it's a theory that women, as well as, you know, underrepresented minorities, are more likely to be hired for leadership jobs when there's a crisis which can set them up for failure. Uh, This was a term that was coined back in 2005 by University of Exeter professors Michelle Ryan and Alex Haslam. Uh, There's been examples such as Yahoo's Marissa Meyer, the UK's Theresa May. It's like, we're having a crisis. Let's put a woman in there, or again, a minority. We'll get some good headlines from that, and then if they fail, then we'll kind of sweep in with the Mm. Default, and I'll just put that in quotes. You could fill in the blank of who that person is or what they look like, and then so they just kind of fall off the cliff. It's like, look, see, we tried to put, let's just say, women. We tried to put a woman as head CEO, and look at it, just didn't work out. Well, also, you gave her a bag of crap, right? I mean, Twitter is in free fall. It's chaos at that company. How much? How much time are you going to give her to implement things? How much freedom is she going to have? How much money? How much? You know, all of the questions. Um, is really going to be, is really going to determine how successful she is. Now, according to this one woman, Joellen Posner over at Santa Clara University, she said, Yacarino's credentials are impeccable. She's been extremely successful so far, but she's also been in settings where her success was achievable. Uh, Posner says, I mean, no disrespect to her or to diminish her in the least. I just say that this is an impossible situation for basically anybody. And so do you want to get the job on a sinking ship? You've been waiting your entire life to be captain. Mm. And then the ship's going down. You hit the iceberg and they're like, here, promotion. Do you want it? Do you take it? Um, you know, if I was, you know, let's just say Yahoo's Marissa Meyer. I mean, she got quite the golden parachute. And if she was just doing it for money, that's one thing. But at the other time, it's it's the message that it's sending uh, of, of women in these leadership, let's say, positions. It's like, well, look. This person was in a leadership position and this didn't happen. Or da, 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 da. It's like, well, wait a minute. What was the situation like at that company? Who was the person before that woman was placed? Right? right? What was the situation at that company? How successful were they? Was she taking something that was on the way up or on the way down? Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how Yakarina does. She has a lot of things she needs to fix. First, yeah. and foremost, people's trusting of the social media site. Well, and she's got
5: already starting the job with a hand tied behind her back or both because of what, what Musk has done to it. I don't know if I'm her, if I take that job, I don't know. But, but then it's like the opportunity. Right. And it, I don't,
3: I don't want to say that this is solely a a woman habit, Yeah, but I'm getting, I'm getting the opportunity. Right. I'm getting the chance. How can I say no? This is the, this is my dream. Mm -hmm. I have to do it. I have, you know, and you're sure other people like saying, you know, not very many women get this opportunity. And so you feel like you have to take it, even though logically, you know, it's you're on a sinking ship. Now, Al Anonymous is sinking ship. Twitter is still around regardless. Uh, Look at its finances. That's
5: what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm.
3: I mean, as a CEO of a company, you wanted to make money. Twitter is not a profitable company. It is not. That's what I mean.
5: Well, of course, she's come out with this, you know statement and she's thanking uh elon musk for the opportunity and she says she's been inspired by his vision to create a brighter future (laughs) and she's excited to build twitter 2.0 and what are you gonna say you know she was
3: handed that slip of paper to say Mm -hmm. it yeah i'm sure she was um again it's just i i I, I don't know do you work for twitter do you have some insight uh inside scoop uh about it because everything we hear from Elon Musk himself is he is losing money, he is bleeding money. So unless I'm, I don't have all the information. Anonymous, uh, Adverti- anonymous says advertisers are coming back. Vine and Periscope tech is being reintegrated for the platform to be a streaming service. And she's got huge cojones. I love that part. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm again. I used Twitter a lot. I still am on the platform, but. My interactions with it have completely changed. I am on it significantly less than other social media platforms. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see. I I wish her the best. Mm -hmm. I hope that she can right the ship as I think it needs to be in regards to, you know, really enforcing the rules, having rules, making sure that it's clear to everyone, no matter who you are. Uh, I don't like the whole you could buy your blue checkmark BS. So hopefully she does something about that. Um, so there's some issues. I'm not, I wish her well, I'm not wishing her to fail, but this whole idea of a glass cliff is why I wanted to bring it up. It's like, yeah, great. I'm being handed a bag of turds and I'm supposed to make a gourmet meal out of it. Okay. Well, I'll try my best, but hopefully, hopefully she gets some better ingredients to kind of clean that bag of turds up with. So we'll see. (laughs) Uh, OCB says she has the chop. She's got a huge networking sphere to bring back advertising and revenue. That's yeah.
5: awesome. Well, that's why they he allegedly tapped her for this is because she was an advertising executive, right, at a major company. And so right. she has all these contacts and relationships with major advertisers. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see.
3: Uh, and then finally, do you see, did you see who is going to be gracing the cover of SI's Swimsuit Edition? Oh, 81 worth- year old wow. Martha Stewart. She looks fabulous. Now, I she know gets some cleavage going
5: on there. Wow.
3: She does, like, these Instagram thirst traps where she's, like, sultry taking these photos. Um, I'm not a huge Martha Stewart. I, I don't mean this like I don't like her. I don't follow Martha Stewart a lot. I don't read her cookbooks. I'm not, you know, uh, unless there's a story about her and Snoop Dogg. She doesn't really pop up on my news feed, <laughs> uh, just being honest. But this I find awesome. I think that it's great that they're using... She's 81 years old. What? Yeah. That is... I mean, you want to talk about glass ceilings. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty cool that she is going to be on the cover. She's, again, 81 years old. She gives an... art. Obviously, she gives an interview. She talks about shedding her inhibitions. Um, you know, she's she's had quite the roller coaster of a life. You know, obviously... The domestic goddess, the chef, and then obviously her her legal troubles and going yeah. to prison, um, those sorts of things. But then it seems she's really remade herself. Yeah. And hold on, let me show you another picture. Let's I'll just share this screen because I didn't she
5: started picture. her career as a model. So I just want to say that. I she did not a- know
3: that she started her career as a model. Yeah. I thought she just started her career as a here. Look no. at this No,
5: in her youth, she was a fashion model. Well, mm-hmm. oh, there you
3: go. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, come
5: on. 81 years old, I want to look that good. That's Martha Stewart? That's Martha Stewart! Where's her chest wrinkles? What's happening?
3: Well, I mean, I'm sure they're airbrushing, but maybe she doesn't Mm -hmm. have any. I mean, I'm not saying she got work done. I I didn't even know she was a model to start off with. I don't know a lot about Martha Stewart. Um, But I would imagine for SI, they are airbrushing. (laughs) They're making you look really, really freaking good. So, yeah, that's Martha Stewart. Uh, I just applaud her. I think that's amazing. you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be nerve wracking though, to be 81 years old and do something like that. Yeah. Flo says a good for Martha. It's never too late. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Karen says when you get to a certain age, you're kind of invisible. So this is great. Yeah. Great point, Karen. Um, a lot of people say that once you hit a certain age, you're just, like Karen said, invisible people aren't marketing to you anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as what is attractive, you don't, <laughs> you don't check very many of those boxes. It has to be hard yeah. to, you know, to be of a certain age and feel like you're ignored. And yeah, Vilma's is the face of 81 year olds changing as in Martha Stewart. Yeah. Um, people are taking care of themselves, hopefully also better. Um, and so, yeah, uh, good for, for Martha Stewart. I definitely applaud her for doing that. Um, after the the news in a few minutes, we're going to be talking about the generations. Uh, Generation X is apparently worried that Social Security won't survive. Uh, Kim McAllister, in any way, shape, or form, are you depending on Social Security in your no, retirement? No, no, no. <laughs> we knew
5: years ago that it was probably not going to be around.
3: So I just I've taken it out of my damn paycheck uh, look if i'm paying into something can i get some back because that's the promise that you're making it making to me yeah. as you keep taking it out of my paycheck which no. i know goes to don't count now. on it no nope. yeah, that's never gonna happen Mm-mm. uh but how prepared are you for retirement we'll get into that and then finally talking about money and i love these stories i love because it just brings out such passionate people there is a new place where you are being asked to tip and the audacity. It's not retail. It's nothing like that. But the audacity of asking the question, you know, how much do you want to tip is a bit ridiculous. Um, and again, and I know Kim's following in, in her news, uh, the Oakland teacher strike has ended. Details are emerging. But a San Jose school is responding to, To not only, obviously, teacher strikes, but the teacher shortage by doing this one thing that was extremely popular uh, during COVID. And I don't know about you, but I would not sign up for this. This is a charter school. This is not what I would be paying for. But do we sometimes have to think outside the box when it comes to educating uh, your children and, and, and doing something like that? Uh, the student loan forgiveness period is coming to an end. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona confirmed that the Department of Education is going to restart those student loan payments later this year uh, because the COVID emergency is over. So let's see. He said the they plan to restart the payments no later Then 60 days after June 30th, so September. Um, Now, of course, the Supreme Court is going to rule on student loan forgiveness. Um, So we'll see what they say. I have no faith that this Supreme Court is going to uphold it. I just don't. I really, I think that it's going to go away and 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 that's just the way it's going to go. Now, is it smart for Republicans to make something that is extremely popular with uh, some some, not all, some members that vote in elections? Maybe they would like the Supreme Court to hold off on that for a little bit. But um but yeah, it's it's going it's going to be coming to an end, so if you have student loans, be prepared for that. Ooh, Arthur Stewart has two grandkids according to square. Kathleen likes to be invisible. She says, no one's judging you. On that note, Kathleen, if we have time in the second part of the show, uh, speaking of judging people, we'll talk, uh, hopefully, a little bit about Britney Spears. TMZ is putting out this special that's going to be on KTVU tonight. And when I heard about it again, I was like, leave the damn woman alone. Leave her alone. Leave Britney alone. Uh, But should we care? Uh, should we care about the mental state of celebrities or non-celebrities? What role should the public have on something like that or should as she's what a 40 something year old woman be allowed to decide what and how she is cared for?
2: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
6: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, uh-huh, in my dentist's office.
2: we by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh,
3: given the fact that she has also admitted that she does have a mental illness, it is not as if she's denying that. She just didn't like her dad as her conservator. So uh, all of that is coming up. But first, we have to take a look at some news with the one and only Kim McAllister.
2: Now, from around the world to up your street, the Nicki Maduro Show presents News Czar Kim McAllister.
5: Uh, let's start, though, with a story about the Marine in New York City that is now facing some charges you remember him daniel penny uh this is a story where donations for this man this marine veteran accused in the death of a new york city subway rider are now approaching two Million dollars. More than 25,000 people from across the country have contributed to a legal defense fund for Daniel Penny. He is the 24 year old accused in the subway chokehold death earlier this month of a homeless man with a history of mental illness. The Manhattan Medical Examiner has ruled Jordan Neely's death a homicide. And again, more than 25,000 people donating a total of about $2 million now for his legal defense fund. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell throwing his support behind a bill to increase penalties for those who target police officers. That's Mitch McConnell. While speaking from the Senate floor today, McConnell said officers' jobs are getting tougher on Democrats' watch, he blames, as liberal prosecutors are failing to hold criminals accountable. The bill introduced last week raises mandatory sentences for killing, attempting to kill, or assaulting a police officer. McConnell's comments come as National Police Week kicked off this week in Washington, D.C. The California Office of Traffic Safety is launching a new campaign today. Here it is. You'll see these signs all over the place. Go safely, California, California Office of Traffic Safety. Yeah, the campaign hopes to establish a strong safety culture in the state by raising awareness you think we needed the awareness to go safely i don't know i don't people that aren't going safely are ignoring that sign
3: well i feel like you know those signs that for the construction crews caltrans like my dad or my mom my parent uh, works here go slow around the cone zone or whatever i mean i feel it does give me uh some pause when I'm driving. Absolutely. I I'd go, okay, so maybe
5: campaign can work. I mean click it or ticket, that one maybe had some effect. But right. go safely California. Go safely, California doesn't say, Hey, my mom works here. Slow your ass down. Right? That's <laughs> true. I don't true. know. Uh, so the survey is an effort to reduce and eliminate traffic fatalities across the state. It includes questions about texting and driving, DUI, street racing, and speeding. The Office of Traffic Safety is encouraging residents to take the Community Call to Action survey. The results will aid officials in planning for safety and community involvement traffic safety initiatives. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, in 2022, 12 people were killed in crashes in California every single day. Parents and teachers in New Jersey are calling on Apple to fix a massive an ongoing software flaw that could be dangerous for children. Congressman Joe Gothheimer says he has firsthand experience setting iPhone parental controls for his young children, and other parents have been voicing the same concerns for months. The glitch essentially undoes parental controls and reverts to the original settings, and that could allow children to access any kind of content on any app without a time limit. Oh,
3: no. Okay, so how do you, you, do you know how we're supposed to check? Like, or do we just Um, grab this one
5: to make sure? Like, how does that work? I think you go into, back into the controls and see if the controls that you set are the ones that are still in there. Because if it reverted back to the factory settings, then you'll see that right away, right? So if you set certain, you know, safety protocols and they're not, haven't been saved, and it, you know, the arrow shows that it's still on, unlimited time screen time or whatever I you'll Ugh, know no Gothheimer says Apple is dragging its feet since the company has acknowledged the issue but has not given a timeline on when it will be fixed that's frustrating because though you yeah. think you said it you think your kids are safe and then no. right
3: it's not set it and forget it I guess
5: <laughs> no it isn't it's set it and double check and double triple check right yeah, exactly <sighs> the Writers Guild of America strike is ongoing. Here's Mandy Patenka Did you see the sign? You killed residuals. Prepared Prepare to, to die. Yeah, I love that. I love it. That's great. So the strike began after the Writers Guild's contract with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers expired May 2nd. The WGA is seeking changes, including compensation and increases for writers. Because it's a writer's strike, some of the signs are really, really good, really funny. But Mandy Patinkin was out there yelling, you know, you've got to take care of people. He had some uh, some big things to say and a big voice to use. Well, I really
3: hope that they get it together because you saw what's going to be in the works. Beetlejuice 2. Did you see that? That they're remaking. So if they're starting that, you got to have writers to do all that. And if not, then you're going to be in trouble.
5: Starting today. Planet Fitness is offering free passes to high school students who want to work out in their gyms this summer. Yeah, a high school summer pass program offers free memberships for students between the ages of 14 and 19, and the program runs through the end of August. So if your kid wants to work out, get a little healthier this summer, apparently it's free at Planet uh, Fitness.
3: Yeah, I I don't really like this because this is my gym. Uh, I do like it because I'm <laughs> my kid. <laughs> but it's just going to be really freaking crowded. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I not that I, I I worked. I was telling you guys I worked out today at home, and I actually kind of like it because Planet Fitness. While I like it and it's cheap, it's very crowded. It's not very big,
5: and so you can have to wait a long time for things. So that kind of sucks. Well, now you're going to have to wait even longer with all the teeny boppers in there doing it as social hour. Mm, yeah, it's going to be great. really a fun summer for you. I want to, I want to, I
3: want to uh, compete with you know, 14, 15 year olds for the treadmill. That's fabulous. Great. Okay.
5: Brittany, you mentioned yeah. her earlier. Mm-hmm. She says she's done with performances. No more. That's
3: oh yeah, right. no. yeah, she's done.
5: TMZ reports that although the pop superstar is in the planning stages of a recording comeback. Tours or residencies are not going to happen for her. Sources say Britney has no interest in going back on stage, and the pressure of rehearsals, performances, choreography, and travel is simply too much for her. Mm-hmm. So she'll make the music, but she's not doing the shows. That's it.
3: That's good. I mean, she has to protect herself. And, you know, that's and that's fine. Leave Britney alone. I swear.
5: You no, know, they, they say they say you need to they tell these artists you need to tour in order to sell albums you need to do all these things in order I to that. you know the th- truth is she's got a lot of money she's got mm-hmm. a lot of success i don't know what more she needs to do so if she has the creative outlet that she wants to make the music Mm-hmm. why should she have to tour people people are going to see britney spears has a new album and they don't need to go see her in uh, in concert to go buy
3: i've her. never seen her and in, in, in yeah. i'm totally fine and i like some of her music i mean i like yeah. some of her older music i don't know yeah. mm, i don't know the last, when's the last time she even put out an album i don't even know i
5: don't i don't recall either no, don't no, but you're not seeing her in concert anymore you lost your yeah. chance nikki that, shucks it's a good Kim thing McAllister. that YouTube exists. On <laughs> the Nikki Maduro Show.
3: <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kim McAllister. Uh, please click that thumbs up button. And uh, thank you to those who support the show. Just go to the Nicky Maduro Show.com, the Nikki Maduro Show.com. And that's our Patreon link right there. Also, thank you to John with the $10 super sticker. What? You can look for the dollar sign under the live chat. as a way for you to donate to the show. And so we always appreciate each and every single one of you, including our fans to take the opportunity to click into the show like the one and only Jimbo. This is so exciting. I just love the fact that we get to see people. Jimbo, we see you in the comments all the time. Welcome to the Nikki Maduro show.
1: Hey, and I also raised it from 40 to 50 this
3: month. Oh! Thank you so really much, nice. I you are so amazing and thank you so much for your support. He is a Im- adorable right there. be like Jimbo yep. become a Im- adorable. Um so I understand that you want to talk about what that Daniel Penny guy uh, that and he was yes. the marine that had choked that gentleman and, and he died uh, gave yes. him a chokehold on on the subway. um what did how do you see it? What did you want to say?
1: I wanted to say that, I'm interested in this case because I have done the exact same thing. I didn't kill the person, but I did do the exact same thing. Some Mm -hmm. guy rushed me on Bart and I had to put him in chokehold. Uh, Bart police came on, pulled him off me, had us both questioned. I had to go to the police station, but if I hadn't done it, the woman that he was harassing and touching and potentially doing war, I not stepped in. Makes me think, should I not have stepped in? Should I never step in in the future? Mm-hmm. What would happen if I had done something where the person did die? That's all. It was just a thought.
3: Let me ask and you, the real, when you put, when when you got the guy in the chokehold, was it a concern of you to make sure, well, I, I just want to control this guy so he doesn't harm that woman? Because when I watched the Penny video, the thing mm-hmm. that sticks out to me, and, and, I can, and I'm sure people can watch it through their own lens, it didn't feel like there was a point where it was no longer, and I don't want to use the word animal, but it was like, this wasn't a human to human type of interaction. And and there was a, a disconnect, obviously where it went on for too long for this guy. So, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? It just seems on one hand, I think that you did great. You defended a woman. On the other hand, this guy came in, said he was hungry, then started getting belligerent in people's faces. And the guy kind of took matters into his own
1: hands. Um, okay. It- Yes, he took the matter in his own hand, but at one point the Marine did think his life was in a little danger. I don't think he thought I would die, but I think he thought this guy is starting to get to a point where he might pull out a knife and slash someone, he might punch someone, and since it's a crowded area, it wouldn't be that hard to harm harm multiple bystanders, not just one, not just the Marine, but other people. So if the Marine person and or I had been in that position and saw that it could blow up, maybe holding that guy down until I see a way to keep that guy down or the cops show up, would have been the only answer in the fight or flight adrenaline pump moment. Now, that said, was it fair that he held on too long? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know what too long is when you're in the fight.
3: Right, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, I think, like you mentioned, adrenaline, just being in that moment, time can go very quickly, and you think only a couple of seconds have passed. Um, seeing stories like this in the news, um, going through what you did, uh, would you ever hesitate to help somebody like that again?
1: So, it, here's the funny thing: uh, I took a job. I'm in California, but remote job a little bit for a Texas company. I won't say the name, but they made me take training. Okay, so sexual harassment training, diversity training and gun violence training. In the gun violence training, if a man comes into a building with a loaded gun, one, try to find a room, hide and lock the door. Two, if not, pull out your own gun and shoot him. Or three, find a piece of furniture, hit that person and try to run away. So we don't have the culture here of fighting and protecting ourselves and others. But there are many cultures and places, even in Texas, where you're supposed to stand your ground, punch and fight and get away. So, I don't know Would I do. do it again? You like
7: better. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I am not a violent person 99% of the time, but I am a big guy, six feet, 200 plus pounds, took martial arts. I'm ready to defend myself. I'm ready to defend other people. I was taught to do that when I was very young, unfortunately with a Letitia society and People now carrying their own weapons and guns. I don't know. I have family. So Maybe if i'm not right there in the situation, the guy's not taking a swing at me I probably want to do something but if he's starting to grope girls around me and I have a daughter I will probably follow my instincts first mm-hmm. jump in and figure it out later that's, yeah, that's I mean,
3: opposite. I think they I mean, I think it's amazing that you stepped in. And I do actually like the idea. I mean, what you said about the training, you know, first was run and hide, which I think, you know, I think of my children being in a school shooting situation, right? That's the first thing my mind goes to. Go run and hide. And not that I want my, my kid to be armed to pull out a gun, but the third thing is, you know, they train these kids, throw things at the gunman, distract the person so you can maybe escape or whatever. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I just also don't want to lose sight of. What um, the gentleman, uh, uh, Brown's attorney had said, that nobody asked him if he was okay. You know, th- those sorts of things. Now, in your situation, Jimbo, I mean, the guy was harassing the woman, touching her. Th- there's no room for that. But I just don't want to stop seeing each other as human beings. Does that make sense? I don't want to always see everyone as a threat. Someone's getting a belligerent on the train. Oh, my God, we have to... You know, does that make sense? I think there's a fine line, and it's a very fine line, on what people feel comfortable doing while also keeping
5: themselves and other people safe.
1: Yeah.
5: I had a situation on, well, I didn't, but my daughter had a situation. She's 13 on Friday night. After the uh, opening night on the sh- of the show, of her new play she's doing.
7: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
5: All the whole cast, it's a kind of tradition. They go to In-N-Out and they kind of hang out Mm -hmm. for an hour or so. Well, the In-N-Out in Petaluma is really close to the Mary Isaac Center, which is a homeless help place. And so there's a Mm -hmm. lot of homeless kind of frequent that area. And so there's a bunch of girls at tables inside this restaurant that are all in their teenage years. And this homeless guy comes in Mm -hmm. and he's acting really weird and really squirrely. And then he starts saying stuff that's kind of shocking and he pulls out a stick. And I thought, you know, you see in some cases, these chain stores, they tell their employees don't do anything, just call the police. Mm -hmm. but their employee actually came out this man in his thirties. It wasn't a, a manager with someone else. This man came out from that work for in and out and got this guy outside and basically made it so that all the kids inside the restaurant were safely inside. And he took this person outside while the police were coming. And I was grateful that, you know, I wasn't there. There was another mom waiting for the kids outside. But when you have a situation like that, you don't know what someone's going to do or how they're going mm-hmm. to act and you know, I, I have uh a feelings for this guy, this homeless guy who's struggling. I'm, I have empathy for him, but I also don't want him near children, you know, that are possibly in harm's way. So I was grateful yeah. for that. And I'm grateful for people like you that stand yeah. up and and help. So thank you.
3: Yeah. And it's better than just walking, you know, seeing something bad happen and everybody just has their phones out recording it and nobody's actually stepping in to help. So I do applaud you Jimbo and I I thank you for sharing your story because I think we need to hear other stories, other interactions because otherwise we are just going to be a society that just watches terrible things happen to people and nobody steps in and helps. I don't want people dying over it, but um, I definitely think that there's a place for people like you that, that, that help people. And, Thanks for coming on the show, Jimbo. Okay. It's awesome to see your face. No
1: problem. All right, we'll okay. come back
3: anytime. All right, there's Jimbo, everybody. Yeah. Thanks so much. I love it. So, yeah, the link is in the comments, you guys. I, I keep remembering to, to put it up. And if you and he just private messaged, to let me know what he wanted to talk about, and it was perfect. Um, now I'm seeing in the comments when um Jimbo was talking, talking about the that it was improperly applied and, and what have you. When you're in the heat of the moment, you know, those things can happen. I think comparing it to what happened, to, let's say, to George Floyd, where so much time passed, where so many people were saying, get off of him, or the actual person was saying, you know, mm-hmm. I can't breathe, those sorts of things. It's going to be a case-by-case basis, and and we'll definitely see what yeah, happened.
5: Uh, there's different... Um Different trainings as well. Yes. I think police exactly. are trained in less than lethal. Police are trained to restrain. Police have different ways they can, you know, address a situation. As far as I know, at least in my husband's era, the Marines are not trained to do less than lethal. They're trained to do mm-hmm. one thing, and that's kill people.
3: Yeah. That's I mean, that's training. the, they, you know, they they training shoot for big. the largest part of your body to kill you, right? They're not taking they, your knee out. This is in the movies.
5: Several ways to kill your enemy at war. And that's what they do. Yeah. So that, I'm not surprised that this Marine, you know, that would have been the outcome in this situation.
3: All right. Well, thanks again to Jimbo. If you guys want to join in the conversation, just click in. And it was just awesome to put the face to the name that we always see in the chat. So uh, the invitation is always open. Um, All right. So more than half of people classified as Generation X say they will not be financially prepared for retirement. Only 45% of Gen Xers, which are people born between 1965 and 1980, Say they were very somewhat confident that Social Security would be there to support them when they needed it. I don't know anyone of my generation that ever. I was always raised with this: it's not going to be there when you retire. I mean, yeah. it was pounded into our heads. Yep. We're paying into something that's not going to be there for us. It's not the safety net; it never was supposed to be. That's yep. the the narrative, even though they keep taking our money. But <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, let's see. Also, fueling the anxiety in this poll is Gen Xers are financially responsible, not just for their own kids, but for their aging parents. It's that sandwich Mm -hmm. generation that is going to stretch the money that you're making. So where are you putting your money? Uh, We've mentioned this before. I was mentioning the student loan forgiveness program. Now I do put money aside, my husband and I put money aside for my kids' college education, but we still need to support, there's no loan for retirement. So unless you're doing both, uh, uh, you know, and and have a diversified portfolio, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to be up a creek when you hit retirement age. You're just going to have to keep working. There are people I know that are my age, if not younger, that say with a very straight face and completely serious, I will never not work. I will never not work. And there's huge assumptions made in that statement. One, that you'll be able to be hired. That someone mm-hmm. will hire you for a job that can help you make ends meet. And that, too, you'll be healthy enough to work to support yeah. yourself. So a lot of assumptions are made by people, ah, oh, I'll just keep working. Okay, what if you can't? Yeah. You need to have a plan B, C, D, E, and it's tough. I mean, that scares me, though. Um, I, read,
5: I read something about the, the um, school savings plans, like the college savings plans. Mm-hmm. I forget the mm-hmm. number of it. Is it not 529? Four, five twenty nine. Five twenty nines. I was reading this list of things people don't know about five twenty nines, and one okay. of them said, "If you have money left over at the end, like maybe one of your kids doesn't go to college, or the money you you saved more than they spent, or whatever, right? Maybe they got a full ride in scholarship, something. You can, and this is what I read online, so I I haven't really researched it. Just want okay. to throw that out there. You can allegedly." Roll it over, take that money and roll it into a Roth IRA where you, when it comes out, you pay taxes on it Mm -hmm. and put it into that retirement vehicle that you can do that.
3: Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean... If you need the money, you can always get the money out. You just be taxed to the hilt for it, right? I mean, you won't get all of it, so you want to you want to get as much as you put in out, of course, and and those sorts of things. But that's interesting. I hope so. I mean, of course, if you can, you can always roll it down to your grandchildren, your children, those sorts of Mm -hmm. things. Uh, But when you're putting something in and your kids aren't (laughs) using it, you probably just would love to just have the money right back. So. Don't put so much into your kids' college education that you aren't preparing for retirement yourself. I guess that's my point. You mm-hmm. have to take care of you. Put your mask on first before mm-hmm. you do for your kids because they're young. They all, c- all can figure it out. And I bet you they, and I'm totally making an assumption here, but I'm pretty sure my kids would rather me not depend on them in my old age right. <laughs> to take mm-hmm. care of me financially or anything like that than they would to give them a free ride. Let's say to college. I mean, right. I could give some money, but I might right. not be able to do all of it. And yeah. so, definitely make sure that you're preparing for all of that. Um, it's it's just yeah. Eric has the most depressing uh, saying: "Work till you die. If you can't work, die." And that's sad, but that is the message that so many people receive it's you're not going to get health care covered you're not going to get any of those things you're just going to get sick you're going to die do
5: you um, feel like you're on the road to being ready to retire like no, if, are I you mean, on the are you on the right path when you look at your finances or you're like okay we're on the right track we're putting enough away if we keep this current trajectory up we'll have enough to retire by the age of you know 60 something
3: i wish um I mean, we have, we're putting money in. I mean, obviously we were putting a lot more money in when I was at Station X and now I need to restart that, I guess mm-hmm. I should say. Um, I think I'm actually going to, obviously use my husband to do that since he's got that great union job. Uh, but no, I, I we could be doing better, yeah. just honestly. I, I yeah. would probably want to sit down with someone and make sure. I mean, we do have someone that works with the kids' college funds and, and things like that and does some sort of investments with some money that we've given them. But- I mean, are you prepared?
5: No. Mm -mm. (laughs) A simple answer. No. And it's funny because we, you know, put money into the 401k and we do all the things we're supposed to be doing. And it still looks like this insurmountable. How are Mm -hmm. we going to have enough money toward the end? I. You know, I think I'll be working till I'm 80. You'll see my little raggedy old face on YouTube like, oh, oh this is the news on the Dicky Maduro show.
3: Um, I don't want to work for my whole life. I mean, I think that I want to work, but I'm putting that in quotes. I want to do yeah. something Yeah. once I don't need a paycheck anymore. I, I don't want to just sit on my ass and and watch golf on TV. Right. I don't want to have to work. I think that's my goal. I don't want to have to do anything I don't want to do after a certain age. That's what retirement looks like to me. If it means not that I'm an artist or anything, but let's just say I was an artist, creating something and selling it, you know, on the at the farmer's market on a Sunday with my big straw hat on. That sounds fabulous to me. Your
5: idyllic life, right? I mean, it something fun
3: or volunteering or like my mom. I always talk about. She's a master gardener and she goes every month or whatever to this park and they, and it's hard work and she's in her seventies and, you know, weeding and selling things and making little succulent things that they sell at the, at their fairs. That's her ideal retirement. I mean, it's not that she's sitting on her butt not that she's not breaking a sweat, but she doesn't have to do anything. And that's what I want to do in my retirement. Well,
5: she's doing things she enjoys doing. Right. right? Not that I want to. Yeah. 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 I mean,
3: if I had my dream job, it'd probably be to watch crap TV for money. Can
5: I do that? I don't
3: know. Uh, Karen says, if you have not provided for your retirement needs, you have no excuse with all the options out there. I oh. mean, I hear what you're saying, Karen. I think but financial literacy has only recently been widespread, an issue that we feel like kids yeah. need more of. Uh, you know, and maybe it's a generational thing. I was raised by my dad who taught me about money very early on did not mean I didn't make financial mistakes, but yeah. I learned from them very quickly. And, and I'm trying to pass that down to my kids. Now, perfect example. I have two kids and I love them both. My daughter is more of the, Oh, let's, I have money. Let's spend that money. Yeah. Uh, my son can be like that occasionally, but when I talk to him about saving it, I, I feel like it's resonating with him a little bit earlier than my daughter. I keep, you know, driving it home to my daughter to get right. it through her head. You know, for instance, I need an end table. My husband is very annoyed with me because we moved into this house and I do not have an end table next to my bed. So when, for instance, yesterday on mother's day, I'm cuddling with the family in bed and I have my cup of coffee. I always have to hand it to him <laughs> to put down on the table. He's like, you need an end table. I go, well, until I do and can buy the one that I want in cash, which yeah. matters, then I don't have an end table. I have nothing next to my bed, and I can table live there. like that.
5: Put a little card table nightstand. Done. So I have like
3: a little box that's full of the crap that will eventually go in said night table. It's still yeah. the the moving box, but I don't have a problem with not having everything at the exact moment I might want it because I can't afford right. it. And that's right. what I'm trying to teach my kids: mm-hmm. is put off that pleasure of having whatever you want until right. you can actually afford it. And actually affording it means. You have the actual cash in your hand to buy it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Nobody needs another bill in their life. That's that's just what I, I, I keep trying to tell my kids. And so if I can get them, I know, look, it was like in a TV, tray.
0: <laughs> a TV
3: tray. I think it's way more fun to just annoy my husband and make him hold my cup and move it over to his end table. I mean, there's the little joys in life, people. Come on, please. Okay, before we do Kim's News, I, I, I want your guys' take on this. And, and we're talking about spending money and where all our dollars go, did you see the newest place where they're asking for you to tip? Can you guess the most insane place mm. they're asking? At self-checkout machines. What? Businesses are starting to introduce new options for tipping at self-checkout machines. According to the Wall Street Journal, despite having zero interaction with employees during
1: transactions.
5: They
3: didn't didn't do anything for me. Self-checkout machines at places such as coffee shops, bakeries, airports, sports stadiums are giving customers the option to leave the typical 20% tip. No, 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 no. So business owners reportedly believe that the prompt for a tip can boost staff pay and increase gratuities, but customers are wondering where and to whom the extra cash is going considering... You did all the work yourself. I mean, mean, does a money pop out? I want to tell myself, give me money. Like, that's who that's how I want the cycle to go. Not even
5: so much as a good morning. Did you find everything you need today? Nothing. Yeah. no, No.
3: It's insane. I don't. Now, again, we were talking about money and wages and not keeping up with inflation or cost of living or anywhere close. People are not making anywhere close to enough to survive in society. They just aren't. If you're blessed to have a good salary that's great, but most people do not. So what what are they doing? They're whipping out the credit card or they're homeless or these negative things happen. I understand. And I was just at a I was getting my Mother's Day cocktail yesterday and I was signing the tab and I saw it's a tradition. And I saw a line that said $1. And I was like, "What is this dollar for?" And I look and it said it was basically a cost of living tip that was automatically included on the bill. And no. I I was fine with it. It was a buck. It wasn't based on anything. I think it just no, it's just a standard dollar.
5: It's very presumptuous.
3: Yes. But again, um, I, I didn't have a problem with it. A self-checkout machine asking for a tip. No, no, there is a line and that is way crossed it. No. And, and again, you're already giving them free work, right? I think it was Eric who said, I don't. Yeah. Eric says, I don't even use self-checkout. <laughs> Why would I tip myself? <laughs> Here's a tip. I'm not coming back here. Like, don't come back here. It's stupid. It's absolutely dumb. Um, Let's see. Mindy says, if they aren't packing my groceries, no tippy tip for you. Uh, SF Tesla. I just plop cash in the person monitoring the self checkout terminals. There you go. Um, Ron says I'm a good tipper, but now that California raised its wages, tipping needs to be re-evaluated. Interesting. Uh, anonymous says self checkout machines. Capitalism is gouging us. Modern marketing teams have too many. Yes. Men and women approving these wild ideas that just won't work. um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> Floyd. Actually, I'd walk up and say, where's my freaking tip? Yeah, I no. Self-checkout machines asking for a tip is ridiculous. Tipping researchers claim it is a way for companies to put the responsibility of paying employees on the customer rather than increasing employee salaries themselves. Uh, it's the tip creep phenomenon that's prompting customers to leave higher tips in transactional situations. And not only that, now, when they have the machine, and some of them just start with the automatic twenty percent, right? And then there's the other that makes you do the math and blah blah blah. Um, I know how to do a twenty percent tip pretty quickly, so I never really worry about that. Uh, Mindy says the food was expensive enough. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it is getting a bit a bit much with all of the tipping. Just wait, raise the wages enough. And I'm not talking about servers or food servers or anything like that. It's just, uh, we're, we're just not paying people enough. We're just not doing it. All right. Uh, coming up after Kim's news, is it our place to care about a celebrity's mental state or could the attention we are giving the mentally ill celebrity be part of the problem? I'm bringing this up because on KTVU tonight, there is going to be a special by TM Freaking Z on Britney Spears and it's and it concerns me that TMZ is going to put out what i think cuz obviously it hasn't aired yet they're going to put out this special because they're so concerned and yet ignoring the fact that they're part in my opinion of the problem and so it's all of this attention and for people who have mental illness in this country and the number is high and there's and you know we're trying to remove the stigma of getting help do things like this hurt or do they help Um, Is society saying, you know, we need to support people with mental illness? Uh, Is there a contradiction when TMZ is using the poster child or making Britney Spears the poster's child for mental illness? So we'll touch on that and a few more things that we didn't get time to earlier on in the show
6: right after Kim's News.
2: Now, from around the world to up your street, The Nicki Maduro Show presents Newsar Kim McAllister.
5: the map there. That is New Mexico. At least three people are dead, several hurt in a shooting in a rural New Mexico town. It is Farmington, northwest of Albuquerque. Police say the shooter is dead. Two officers were shot in this gun battle. The officers are reportedly in stable condition. Police say there are multiple civilian victims. So this is unfolding in New Mexico in Farmington. A new report is criticizing the FBI's investigation that led to alleged connections between Donald Trump's campaign and uh, Russia during the 2016 election. Special counsel John Durham's report released today says the FBI rushed to investigate Trump even as the agency proceeded cautiously on allegations related to then-Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. He concluded the bureau suffered from a confirmation bias as it pursued leads about Trump's ties to Russia. Again, that's the new FBI uh, report from special counsel John Durham regarding the FBI and their investigation. The man behind ChatGPT will testify before Congress tomorrow. This is Sam Sam Altman, OpenAI CEO, Sam Altman. He'll be taking questions from lawmakers calling for guardrails and regulation of artificial intelligence tools over fears this could be abused. Altman's company is leading the development of AI with its popular generative language platform, ChatGPT. Uh, This story, pretty disturbing when you think about uh, everything that has happened and discrimination. Uh, Let me show you this website. This is the OnePulseFoundation.org. Well, now some criticism coming in of them. Survivors of that deadly Pulse nightclub shooting in Florida want a criminal investigation into this nonprofit created following the tragedy families of victims gathered on mother's day to address their concerns about how the, uh, they're handling the property where forty nine people were killed and fifty three others were injured in 2016. That's the One Pulse nightclub. The group is question is questioning how the organization is actually using its funding. Now, here on the website, you can see they have uh, scholarships, education, uh, memorial and museum, but it looks like the survivors of the Pulse nightclub shooting think that maybe it's not all on the up and up and they want an investigation into how this whole thing is unfolding and how the money is actually being used. That's a Colorado man reportedly trying to blame his dog to get out of a DUI arrest this weekend. Police in Springfield say the man was pulled over for speeding, but the officer approached his vehicle. Apparently, the man got out of the passenger side and claimed he wasn't driving. Well, who was driving then? Not a Tesla. What do you got going on? The man and the dog were the only two in the vehicle. Authorities said the man tried to run away after the officer asked if he'd been drinking, but he was arrested a short time later. In addition to the charges from the traffic stop, the man apparently had other active warrants out for his arrest. So yeah, blame it on your dog. It's always a good one. Didn't you know the dog ate my homework wasn't going to fly? this report is crowdfunded that means we rely on you to help us fund the show you can find the links and so very much more at the nickimadoro show.com there you'll see the patreon and the paypal links if you are so inclined to help i'm kim McAllister on the Madoro show
3: Thank you, thank you, Kim, and thank you to everybody that donates to our patreon. again, the com is where you do that. Uh, I was reading some of the comments during Kim's news, and I just want to address something really, really quickly. Uh, we were talking about tipping and wages and everything keeping up. Yeah. and uh, Eric or Chris was saying, raising wages is pointless if the landlord raises your rent at the same rent at the same rate and eric says exactly that's the argument against universal basic income landlords would just raise the rent by that amount well one there are laws that limit how much a landlord can raise your rent per year now again what it's is eight to ten percent something like that depending on where you live uh i will say this if you raise my rent eight percent every single year i'm going to very quickly not be able to afford to live wherever I'm living. I mean, you just can't keep raising it hundreds of dollars every single year and not raise wages the same amount. But I feel like there is a way to deal with that. I do not think that you can just not raise wages at all because landlords are just going to raise rents by that much. We can legislate something like that. Uh, We do not need to let the free market dictate entirely. I mean, obviously there is the free market entirely how much people can charge for rent. It's um, you know, and, and I speak as someone who is a landlord. Um, my and my father was a landlord or is a landlord, my parents are landlords. Mm-hmm. It there needs to be some control on it, or you're just gonna exacerbate the problem. So, yeah, saying we can't raise any wages because X, Y, and Z might go up as well doesn't change the fact that X, Y, and Z go up anyway, and we still need to raise the wages. Okay, so I just wanted to, to bring that up as well. Da, 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 da. Oh, Louie puts in a good comment. How does your landlord know what type of job you're doing to raise your rent? Yeah, but I think the idea, Louie, that uh, Eric and Chris were making is, for instance, universal basic income. They'll read the headlines that everyone's getting at least this much money. And so they could, of course, uh, raise rents. And they always could. Um, A landlord could every year raise the rent to the max amount. But what many landlords find is they lose good tenants. And believe me, it is not cheap to keep going through new tenants you gotta you know paint carpet and there's a cost involved in being a landlord it's not just collecting rent and so if you got a you have a good tenant you want to keep that tenant and you don't want to let that person go mm-hmm. so um definitely need uh to raise wages so people can afford to live there and i just really quickly before we get to britney spears and we'll end the, we'll end the show uh, with britney the oakland teacher strike has ended mm-hmm. and, of what they were after a 15% raise for most teachers, a larger raise for those at the bottom of this pay scale. Uh, First year's teachers will make at a minimum in Oakland, uh, almost $63,000 a year. Uh, That's a big jump though, from the year prior, which was about 53. So it's like Mm -hmm. $10 more a year. Uh, They'll get retroactive pay stipends for teachers. They're going to have more librarians, counselors, nurses, uh, let's see next year. The number of students in special ed classes will be capped at 13. And by 2025, that'll go down to 11. Now, when I hear that you're capping or reducing the number of students in a class that requires what another teacher, That's right? right. So you need more teachers. Uh, and then of course those, uh, common good components, which were so uh, controversial, Uh, apparently. I don't know where
5: they're finding the money to do all this because their enrollment is down. Mm -hmm. So that means their revenue is down. So I don't know how they're going to make this work.
3: I don't either. And I've said this before, we do need to change. Uh, One of the ideas of changing how funds are allocated to public schools is not doing it on a year by year basis, right? Like give it five, 10 years. Right. So that still schools can plan. But if every single year something happens, like COVID or whatever, they get a drop. Um, and maybe some of you have lived in neighborhoods like this. Sometimes a lot of the kids in your neighborhood grow up, move out, and the people that move in don't have school age kids. Right. So if you don't have a lot of kids moving into the neighborhood that are going to the local school. Right. Less butts and seats and those sorts of things like, oh, well, then we could just shrink the school. Well, these things can cycle. Right. And in a couple of years, you can have a lot of kids. And so I think giving schools more of a leeway or a head time to be able to plan with the funding, the guaranteed funding they're getting would be so helpful. But that can't happen at the district level. That has to happen in Sacramento. So unless that changes, these schools are constantly going to be in this in this problem. Um, yeah, and I don't know where they're going to get this money. They they have a budget deficit. I do hope that they can make it work, or I just I foresee more strikes, more students leaving. Yeah. Or, pardon me, more and more teachers leaving. We're in a crisis with public education in this country. As more people look to charter schools, um, there was a story in the Mercury News um, about a school that is the kids are going to the classroom. Okay. They're going to the classroom, but then they're opening up their computer and they're zooming with teachers in other parts of the country. And, and so, because they can't keep teachers here, they don't have enough teachers here. I don't know how I would feel about my child going down the street to my local school and being taught by a teacher in, let's say uh, on the other side of the country. But that's what, School, and this is a charter school. What is the name? It uh, the name of this school is it's a charter school. The article closed. Sorry. Um, this is at Avila High School, Cindy Avila High School, and they're using this course called Course Mojo where they bring hybrid teaching to classrooms across the country. Um, and this fills electives like cybersecurity, animation, core subjects, geometry, algebra, physics. If you have a kid, like one of my kids, that does not learn well through the computer, this is a problem, right? Yeah. Uh, my kid is a pencil, paper, tactile learner, and uh, I don't want my kid learning solely through a computer at a public school that my tax sellers are going to fund, and yet there's not mm-hmm. a teacher, and they can't afford the teachers. Like, that just doesn't sit well with me. So uh, we have to figure something, something out. Uh, yeah, Randy, they are guaranteed money, but it changes. It is... That calculation changes year to year. That's the problem. Give them, you know, 10 years of funding. Let them know that the programs that they start, they can continue to fund four years from now because they know that they're going to have the money to do it. um, and, and again, you asked, why does it matter where the teacher is located? Because my, t- my kid doesn't learn well through a computer. I think Some that there is a don't. benefit of yeah. having a teacher standing right there and creating a, a relationship with my child.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, that doesn't seem crazy, right, Kim? I mean, it just seems no. pretty obvious that I want I a teacher in the classroom.
5: During COVID, we saw that a lot of kids did not do well with distance learning, mm-hmm. that a lot of kids did not do well, you know via zoom teacher can't see what you're doing they don't see where your mistakes are they can't understand you know where they need to correct right away and right. so you know a lot of kids may i don't know if they learned wrong or just didn't quite get it or what and so there was a huge deficit when kids went back to the classroom of what happened there um no i you know i don't think all kids learned very well via remote learning my kids did other people's kids didn't So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I um, was home a lot of the time as well, and also working from home, so I could see what they were doing. So, you know, a lot of parents were not, they were already in the office, or they were doing other things. So it's just, I don't know. No, I, I, I can completely see your point.
3: Yeah, I just. And again, when we talk about students and their mental health struggles and, you know, influences, bad influences on kids, you want a teacher that can see it, that can sense it, like the vibe in the classroom, noticing the kid that's looking down all the time or might have injuries to their body that you can't get through a screen on the computer. There is so much more that a teacher does. Let's pay them. Let's pay them away more. Um, Okay, so let's talk a little bit, kind of what I was just talking about with students, mental illness, protecting children. And I want to talk not only about Britney Spears, and again, there's this special, that's airing tonight, which I think is just going to, again, I haven't seen it, but I really do feel like it's going to vilify her it's um it's supposed to look into Britney Spears, her troubled marriage. Apparently she's gotten physical with her husband. You can see where this is gonna go, right? Yeah. So this is what I'm I'm hearing you say, TMZ. It's just
5: more gawking at the right. mentally ill person. Right. Yeah. Exactly, Kim.
3: So your concern, TMZ, with the mental health of Britney Spears, the beloved Britney Spears that we all grew up listening to. That you're gonna bash her for I don't know when an hour or whatever however long this documentary is about her mental health struggles and her marriage. Having marital issues is not new. Having mental health struggles is not new. The bashing, the 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 eye, the the, the paparazzi. That is something that I don't think any of us in the real not-celebrity no. world can ever comprehend.
5: It's just an excuse to show her uncompromising positions.
3: Yeah, and it's, no. and okay, I know, so I follow Britney Spears on Instagram, okay? And one of the things that a lot of people feel is wrong, and I'm using this in quotes with her, is she likes to do these, and she does. She does posts almost one every day of yeah. her either in a bikini or whatever, and she's always holding Let's just say she's wearing a bikini bottom. The top of her bikini like kind of like brings it low and does these like sultry dances to the camera. Okay. Okay. She does it all the time and dances, and she'll spin and spin and spin and she'll do all these dances. She does it all the time. Obviously, the woman likes to do it. Yeah. She is a grown ass woman. She is in great shape. She is a dancer. Like these are all these things that are true. And really. We're going to point to the mentally ill woman dancing and showing her ass on on social media as a problem when you can scroll down Instagram and you just see it over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, because Brittany's doing it and because she does have a mental illness, we're going to bash her during a, a, a documentary by none other than TM frickin Z. So I just think that it's it's so yeah, exactly. It's so mean spirited. It, 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 it it's so wrong. Um, yeah. Lulu says they interviewed the TMZ guy on channel two this morning as if it was news. Leave her alone. I watched the exact same thing and that's why I brought it up. I'm not going to bash on KTV. We have friends over there and I respect their work. But when I watched that interview, I was like, are you freaking serious right now? Mm-hmm. This you're treating it like, well, you know, she has marital. Uh, stop. Leave the poor woman alone because what happens is all of a sudden you hear tragic stories what happened with celebrities or other people. And you're like, I wonder why that happened. This is why it happened. You saw last week. I don't know if you read a lot of mommy blogs, Kim, Not but usually. there was this blogger, uh, Heather Armstrong, and she has blogged for years. Um, she has She's documented her struggles with mm-hmm. depression, alcoholism. Well, she died. She took her own life at the age of 47 years old. Um, she started blogging when blogging was taking off in like 2001, she made a really great career out of talking about her kids, uh, kind of, you know, mommy blog, I'm keeping it yeah. real, telling the stories. It's not all easy, but sure. she was sharing her stories and she became really popular. Well, apparently she was targeted as were, and I did not know this cause I'm not a blogger. Apparently there is this site. I want to get the name right get off my internets. Okay. Uh, and it's the so-called anti-fan blog that was launched in 2008. And basically what it did is it gave anonymous people a place to mock basically mommy bloggers and people like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I guess they just, Heather Armstrong was one of their targets. Here, I have a picture of her. Oh no, that's, that's not her. Martha. That's Martha Stewart. Um, this is her. And and what I'm just saying is people choose, like Heather, like Britney Spears, like Heather Armstrong, to put their lives on full display, right? Like right. so this mommy mm-hmm. blogger chose to start a blog. And I have a,
5: I, a, I have a yeah. question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like people who choose to put their life on display like that,
6: mm-hmm. who
5: who kind of thrive on attention mm-hmm. like this? Like Britney Spears, like this mommy blogger, do you think that is connected somehow with mental illness, that need for attention, that need to be recognized?
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it can in certain cases. I think in others, it's it's a yeah. lucrative way of making money. I think I, I think that there has to be a bit of ego to be able to put it all out there. Um, I do think that if you bat, if you are struggling with depression, alcoholism, like Heather Armstrong was, it could be cathartic. Right. To to find a community that will support you and you right. guys can share your stories. So I think there can be some of that. Right. Like I want to know that I'm not alone. I want to know that there's other people that care about me when maybe I don't think that anyone in my immediate life cares about me. I, I'm and I'm just pulling this. I didn't I don't know this woman. I didn't read her blog. I've heard her name. Yeah. Um, but I do think that for people who are suffering from mental illness or living with a mental illness, it can be when, it, when, it, when criticism happens, when there's these blogs, uh, these anti-fan blogs, it could take a harder toll than it may someone that doesn't live with a mental illness. And so that's why to tie this into Britney Spears again, it's what are you doing? You are already admitting that you're mm-hmm. concerned, in quotes, about Britney Spears or whomever because they have a mental illness. And yet you are trying to make money off of that. You're trying to get clicks and everything. Leave her alone. Uh, Karen writes in the public can't know a celebrity in any sense, even through a documentary. If the celebrity wants to talk about their mental problems and encourage discussion, fine. Otherwise stay out of it. anonymous writes Loved Britney as a teen, but in some videos she talks to her kids irresponsibly as if they're friends betraying her instead of young children without the mental capacity to understand. Okay. Um, I think there have been videos of her, But again, we're also dealing with a mental illness. I know people who have a mental illness, and a lot of that echoes true to their behavior and how they talk. Um, Now, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch the Britney Spears thing tonight. Uh, I wasn't planning to, even if we didn't discuss it. Do you think that similar to the Trump Town Hall and other things that by watching the documentary, you're giving TMZ exactly what, what they want. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Um, you, right? like, you should believe. not watch it.
5: If you're you care, them, this
3: is what let's we do want. more of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so wrong. It's so wrong. And, uh, and again, I'm not trying to hate on KTVU. I just feel like they don't, and I don't think they have a say on what is airing on their channels. I think mm-hmm. TMZ does a show on the same channel. And so they have to promote it. Right. Uh, yeah. I just wish they didn't take it as, oh, we're so concerned about Britney Spears. If you were so concerned, you'd leave Britney alone. You'd let the people that are closest to her deal with it and you get the camera out of her face. Like Kim yeah. mentioned, she's not doing tours anymore. Why? Because she can't handle it. Leave she her
5: alone. She can't have the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the people that kind of grew up always being applauded, lauded for, for, Uh, that kind of attention seeking behavior for being the the superstar out in the middle of everything, Mm -hmm. you know, the one who always needed the attention are okay until the attention turns negative. Yeah. And then when you have the pressure and the attention coming in a a negative fashion, that's kind of where your mental health takes a turn. I don't know.
3: Well, I was getting in this argument with my daughter on Friday, actually. Um, so she was homesick and you know you watch crap TV. I have no problem with it, but she watch she's watching the stupid Kardashians. And I'm going to say stupid Kardashians and that was mean. I shouldn't say it. Whatever. They they have made an empire for themselves. I think their show is nonsense. Yeah. Um but I I said something to that effect. Yeah. Like this is dumb. Yeah. But on the other note, it was what the episode was about. So, um and I hate the fact that I know these people's names because I don't know what they mean to my life, but nothing. So Chloe, who is one of the, this obviously sisters, is talking about how hard it was to be in the public eye going through a divorce and some and Tristan cheating on her and blah and I'm looking at it and I go well you know what you could do you could stop doing the exact thing that is bringing all this attention to you you right. it's a bit rich to complain about the negative attention when the only reason you're getting this attention is because you're doing the show stop doing the show They did Keeping Up with the the Kardashians in this new show where I guess they cuss and everything. It's a totally different type of show. Um, They continued it. And my daughter, she's like, they quit for a while. I'm like, no, they didn't. There was never a gap. There was never a gap. They quit wherever it was and they moved over. I think it's to Hulu or whatever. And there was no gap. And so to kind of flip this over, they, to bring in the mental illness, they are causing mental anguish, if not illness, on themselves because they're stuck in this cycle of, well, this is how I make money. This is what I'm known for. And so who is to blame? Right. Well, you know, I would say if you have the ability to stop doing a show that's bringing you a lot of negative attention, giving you, you know, body dysmorphia or also or stalkers or fill-in-the-blank kind of threat to yourself and your, and your sanity, then stop doing the friggin' show. Mm-hmm. If, look, if this show took off, Kim – And I started getting stalkers and I had body dysmorphia. I would stop doing the show, right? Right. I would take care of myself. Um, Right,
5: but you and I, I think, are different that way. And just the way that we kind of came up through radio, you know? and wanting to tell the stories of the day and and news it's not necessarily a, we never made it about us until this whole youtube thing right it was always more about the news so for us we we didn't maybe start as attention seeking that way you know i, I don't know maybe i i'm wrong but i feel like if you know if i didn't have a public platform tomorrow, I'd still be okay as a person.
3: Right. Exactly. Because our, our whole identity isn't wrapped up right. in this public persona, which mm-hmm. for bloggers, Britney and the Kardashians it is. And we've talked about this when we lost the job at station X is that, well, who am I without this career? Who am I? If I'm not the person on the radio or who am I, if I'm not an engineer or a teacher or fill in the blank of whatever you've done for so long, but when you're so in the public eye and everybody, you know, they track every poop you take and every tear you shed, (laughs) it can be really hard. And I'm sure it's very hard to even consider letting that attention go because then you would have to reckon with the question of, well, who am I? And if I'm right. not, this is, and and I will say this for the Kardashians, they have businesses. They have clothing businesses. They have all, yeah. you know, one of them's a model. One of them does make, you know, they, they have all these other business things. Mm-hmm. It's the show though. I feel that gives them so much negative attention. And so when they cry about it, it's like, well, you know, there's an answer to this that could help, but they're not going to do it. Yeah. uh all right so yeah i'm not gonna watch it i don't think anybody should watch it leave britney alone that's how i'm gonna end that whole entire thing all right people please click the thumbs up button before we end the show i do want to give some shout outs to people that have been supporting vicky and sausalito gave us a twenty dollars oh, super sticker thank so you nice. vicky thank
0: you.
3: uh five dollars from lady beatrice nikki how's the new job going when should we listen in Uh, these things have happened too many times or beyond a case-by-case basis i think i think that's that part is a different um i'm part-time and so i don't have a set schedule so i'm here and then i'm there and i try i will try to give you guys a heads up as much as possible if i get a schedule um i i'll tell you this i'm on this saturday i am on this saturday i don't know exactly what time i know my (laughs) shift is eight to four but i'm still kind of training so they're training me on a weekend shift so uh so saturday that's the that's one I definitely know. Tomorrow, by the way, just speaking about schedules. Tomorrow, Loretta Lynch is going to join us. Yeah, I believe in the one o'clock hour. I was trying to nail it down, but I'll be doing the show, so I can't check my email again. Yep. So Loretta Lynch talking about those new rates, PGE rates. So we'll get into that. But finally, uh, another thank you to John Woodard.
5: Yeah, thank Woodard,
3: you uh, at, for a ten dollars super sticker. Love you guys. Thank you yeah. so so very much. Please consider joining our Patreon crew. Become a Medorable yourself by going to thickeymodoro show.com, thynikkimodoro show.com. And you can find all the links to support us and become a Patreon subscriber because we need you to keep the show going. I think that's that's pretty much a good good Monday to all of you. And we'll talk again tomorrow.
0: Bye.
6: Nikki, you're
0: also awesome, you sprout, like a beautiful blossom, you're also the best, I really can't rest, you're also awesome.
5: (laughs) Wow, okay.